Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Good morning, everyone. I trust that you are all well. And um, continuing in the fight of faith, Today, my message, the message that I have prepared for you is one of encouragement and exhortation. And I've looked up the word exhortation or the word exhort, and this is what it means. It means to urge, advise, caution earnestly, or admonish urgently, to give urgent advice, recommendations, or warnings. And primarily, this is what the prophetic ministry does. It exhorts us and it encourages us. I believe it is a relevant message that the Spirit of God has given me to share with you today. And when I say relevant, it fits into the time in which we are currently living in. In giving an introduction to what I want to share with you today, I want to say the following. I believe in the unseen realm of the spirit. Right now, there is a battle raging on across the nations of the world. This battle is not fought with conventional, natural, or physical weapons, but it is fought with thoughts, words, and actions. The battleground is the mind. Whoever controls the thoughts and the mind of the people will ultimately have control of their destiny. The predominant weapon that is used in order to subdue and enslave the mind or control the mind is the force of fear. Often I hear Christians say that, don't worry, God is in control, meaning, that is in control of everyone and of everything that is taking place. Well, I say that if he is in control, he's surely making a mess of things. Don't you agree with that? Amen. Amen. God is only in control of those who believe in him and those who have yielded their lives to the Lordship and sovereign authority of the Lord Jesus. He is not in control of the sinner, and he is not in control of the unbeliever. Now, the battle will be won by whoever has control of the mind. The mind of the fearful will be defeated. There's no doubt about that. But the mind of the wise will continue to overcome. 
Now, according to Proverbs chapter 24, in the opening verses, the scripture says that the wise are strong and the people who possess knowledge will increase from strength to strength and by wise counsel they will wage war against the enemy who has come to steal to kill and to destroy now my task this morning is to arm you with knowledge the knowledge of god and by giving you wise counsel i am equipping you to fight your own battles and wage your own war against the enemies of your soul. Please excuse the doorbell. I don't know who is at my doorbell. Pastor, while you, can you just give me the uh, scripture again? Sorry. To Proverbs chapter 24. In the opening verses, I think chapter, uh, verse 3 and 4. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 3 and 4 where the scripture says the wise are strong and the people who possess the knowledge of God will increase in strength. Now, my purpose this morning in this, in this message is to arm you with knowledge, the knowledge, of God, the knowledge of God, of course, and by giving you wise counsel, I am equipping you to fight your own battles wage your own war against the enemies of your soul. I mean, whoever your enemy is, or whatever you are facing right now, you can overcome every battle if you receive wise counsel and act on the counsel of the Lord. In my years of serving the Lord, which is now 44 years, I fought many battles, both on a personal level as well as on a ministry level. Now, the first battle I fought, I recall, was 44 years ago when the devil tried to destroy my life. But through wise counsel of the Lord, I was led to receive Christ as my Savior and Lord, and through faith in the blood of Jesus, I overcame the destroyer. The second most fiercest battle I fought was against the demon who tried to wreck and destroy my marriage. Again, the wise counsel of the Lord empowered and strengthened me against this enemy and enabled me to overcome and defeat this demon. A few days ago, my wife and I, we celebrated 45 years of marriage. And I give all the glory and praise to the Lord for that. But believe me, we had to fight a battle. Many other battles I fought, and by the grace of God, I overcame. Time will not allow me to elaborate on these battles. But suffice to say that God helped me to overcome every single battle by giving me wise counsel and teaching me how to fight the good fight of faith 
in each battle. And this is what I will endeavor to do today is to help you or equip you or teach you how to fight the good fight of faith. David said of the Lord in Psalms 144, verse 1, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains or who teaches my hands for war and my fingers for battle. You know, David fought many battles, and most of the battles he fought were in the natural, were physical, was flesh to flesh. But the battles we fight today is not against flesh and blood. It's against invisible enemies, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places who come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, this is what I will endeavor to do in my message today. Give you wise counsel by which you will wage your own war against the enemies of your soul. There's one thing shepherds cannot do for you they cannot fight your own battles i wish we could at times but unfortunately we can't but we can equip you to fight your own battles and i believe this is the task and the responsibility of every shepherd who has been called by god to shepherd god's people God said to his covenant people in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, the following. He said to them, when you return to me with all of your hearts, I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So notice what is the primary function or task of every shepherd, of every minister of the gospel. It is to feed God's people with knowledge and spiritual understanding. You see, when you receive knowledge and understanding, you will know how to fight the good fight of faith. Notice what the Apostle Paul prayed for the Colossians in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. I want you to see that from your own Bibles. It is a spirit-led, a spirit-filled prayer that I believe we should always pray for ourselves as well as for our church and our loved ones. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 11, Paul writes and he says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask. Notice what he asks that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, and being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. You see, Paul here asks that God would give them three things, three most important things, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. If they receive these three things, 
then Paul says they will walk worthy of the Lord. They will be fully pleasing him. And they will be fruitful in every good work. What a prayer. So in finding the good fight of faith, let's take an example from the man called Jairus, who actually fought a great fight. And through his faith, he brought his own daughter back from the dead. Turn with me, please, to Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 41 and 42, and verse 49 and 50. Luke chapter 8, verse 41 and 42, verse 49 and 50. I am reading from the New Living Translation. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. And Jesus went with him, and he was surrounded by the crowds. While he was still speaking, that is Jesus, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith and she will be healed. Now, in this portion of scripture, we can clearly see that the Lord Jesus demonstrated to us the power of faith. He showed us that no matter how hopeless the situation gets to be, faith in God and his word will release the presence of God on the scene and will turn any situation around. In fact, faith in God will even reverse the effects of death and decay. Jairus's faith, as you can see, was richly rewarded when his daughter came back from the dead. And what Jesus did for Jairus, I believe he will also do for anyone who refuses to give up on his faith, but continues to stand strong in the face of overwhelming circumstances. This is what it means to fight the good fight of faith. Jairus, though, had to first fight the faith, fight the good fight, before he saw and before he experienced the miraculous power of God working on his behalf. Now, Jairus's faith, as you can see, I mean, picture yourself. There's a messenger coming from your house and tells you your daughter is now dead. There's no hope. Why bother the master anymore? At that moment, his faith was severely tested. He was severely opposed by the spirit of fear when the report came from his house declaring that his daughter was now dead. I want to make a point here. This is where most of us give up on God, give up on our dreams, 
when we are confronted by contradictory circumstances and primarily reports of fear. We tend to let go of our faith and give in to doubt and give in to fear. The reason being is that we have not yet learned, many of us, how to stand strong in the day of battle or how to fight the good fight of faith, or in other words, keep the door of faith open despite the symptoms we may experience or the evidence of what is seen in the natural. You see, Jairus remained in faith, even though the report of his daughter's death confronted him. He obeyed the Lord's instruction. Don't be afraid, Jairus. Believe only, and your daughter will be made well. Now, these words that fell from the master's lips brought untold comfort and strength to millions of people across the ages. His words are still as fresh and powerful today as the day he said them to Jairus. When Jesus spoke those words, I want you to notice something here. He was not denying that there was no cause for Jairus to fear. Nor was the Lord denying the fact that the child was already dead. What Jesus was instructing Jairus to do was to keep the switch of faith open or the door of faith open by not giving in to fear and shutting down the power of God operating in the situation. Jesus looked beyond the present circumstances and saw what would happen if Jairus continued to believe and not fear. Now that is, she will be made well if you continue to believe and not fear. Now, if I hear the Lord correctly right now, he's continually speaking those words to every one of us who is tempted to fear, who is tempted to give up on our dreams, give up on our relationships, give up on our future, give up on our health as a result of contradictory circumstances. Fear not. That's the message of the Lord today, every day. Fear not, only believe. Fear not, only believe. Keep the door of faith open regardless of what you see and regardless of what you experience in the natural realm. And I say this, every single one of us will be tempted in our journey of faith to give up, to lose hope, and some of us will be more tempted, more severely than others. The enemies of your faith will severely oppose you and will fight you every step of the way, especially when you are striving to fulfill the will of God in your life. You will face tremendous opposition. You need to know that, and you need to be forewarned and forearmed. I recall the day when for a brief few weeks, I gave up on my dream. 
the dream to establish a local church in the city of Cape Town. I did not give up on the call of God on my, on my life, but I gave up on the dream of establishing a church. And the reason being was because of the tremendous opposition I encountered. Disappointment after disappointment in the first few years, one setback after another took its toll. A toll on my faith, on my hopes, and I recall that on Sunday, the 30th of June, 1995, I closed the doors of our church, believe it or not, held our last service, informed our people that I was joining another church. And this, this is in the middle of my wife's disagreement. Well, God, though in his mercy, did not give up on my dream. And in a few months or rather a few weeks time, he miraculously resurrected my dream and my faith and gave me a brand new congregation with a brand new building that is fully paid for. Listen, just because you encounter opposition or disappointment, it does not mean that it is not the will of God for you to have what he promised you. I want to encourage you today to hold on to your faith, hold on to your dream, the God dream for your life. Hold on to the promises of God. Don't fear, do not lose hope, believe only. Keep the door of faith open and you will see and you will experience God's miraculous power working in your situation, making what is, pos what is impossible possible for you. And that is a promise from God. Now, as believers, more than ever before, we need at this stage to fight the good fight of faith. We need to learn and be equipped how to fight the good fight of faith, how to stand strong in the face of contradictory circumstances, refusing to give our minds to fear that seeks to destroy our liberties and control our very lives. Listen to what Paul writes to Timothy as he admonishes him. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith, he says to him. Are you listening out there? God is calling you and I today to fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. That means the life that Christ came to give us. Lay hold of it as you fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of the promises of God. Experience the promises of God by fighting the good fight of faith to which he says you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We are constantly being bombarded by fearful reports nowadays from morning to evening, unfounded predictions based on the so-called scientific experts 
who in reality know very anything. And these reports are causing massive fear and panic among the populations of the world. Every single day, they communicate in every platform of communication. All they communicate is doom and gloom, giving us a bleak picture and dark forecasts on the rising number of infections, as well as the number of deaths through this virus. Listen, and I want you to hear me well and not say things I did not say. I am not denying the fact that the enemy is real or the fact that thousands have died from this virus and many more will die nor am I denying the devastating effect this has on our economy. What I'm denying is the ability of this virus to have any effect on my health or my economy as well as those within my sphere of influence. Why do I say that? Because amen, I am amen, a believer. Amen. Why do I say that? that this virus has no right to touch me or mine because I'm a believer and because I am one of those who has been redeemed from the curse of the law according to Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Are you listening out there? I am asking you to believe God with me and join your faith with mine on this very issue. I deny its right to steal my peace or my joy or my health or cause me to fear. I refuse to participate in its fears or in its recession that it brings on the economy. I live under another economy the economy of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Are you listening out there? I pray that God will give us ears to hear and eyes to see what God is saying to us right now. Now I ask the question, how can we maintain this stance of faith? How can we keep the door of faith open how do we combat this fear? And how do we navigate through this minefield of despair and hopelessness? Well, there's only one way. Listen carefully. By listening to the voice of the spirit within us and by lifting up the standard of faith against the floods of fear and destruction. Isaiah 59 verse 19 says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. I want to read that again. And I want you to look at that in your own Bibles and meditate on this verse. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Where is the spirit of the Lord? It's within you and within me. 
and he will lift up the standard of faith. And the standard of the Lord is none other than the word of the Lord, which is the sword of the spirit. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 says, My son, my daughter, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. What are we to attend to? What is the Lord saying to us? Well, let me repeat that. Do not fear. Only believe. Believe what? Believe that no weapon formed against you or your family shall prosper. That's Isaiah 54 verse 17. You need to know the word if you are going to fight the good fight of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Isaiah 54 17 says, believe that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. What am I to believe? Believe that a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. That's Psalm 91. Believe that no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. Believe the Lord has given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Believe that you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the serpent and the young lion you shall trample underfoot. All of these are emblems of demons and evil spirits and viruses. All of these are recorded, these promises, in Psalm 91. Believe that you have been given power and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Wow, what a promise the Lord Jesus has given us here in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 19. He said, I have given you power and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing, nothing means nothing, shall by any means hurt you. Wow. Praise God forevermore. Here is one more, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, where your finances are concerned. Believe that God is able to make all grace abound towards you, so that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. I've given you enough word to last you a lifetime. Faith in God and his promises empowers and releases the Lord to work on the behalf of those who refuse to give in to fear, but continue to believe regardless of the circumstances around them. You know, health experts continue to tell us that we are what we eat, and that's true physically. 
But spiritually speaking, we are what we hear. We are what we hear and what we choose to believe. Fear is communicated through negative reports. And the more you open up yourself to those reports, the more you are controlled by the spirit of fear those reports are communicating. You see, fear will twist your mind, will cause you to make irrational and stupid decisions. It will oppress your mind and control your actions. It will rob you of every blessing Christ purchased for you on the cross. But faith in God and his word releases you and empowers you to be whoever God called you to be and to do whatever God called you to do. Faith in God knows no limitations, no restrictions, no impossibilities, just possibilities. Who are we listening to? That's the question. Are we now listening to man? and stop listening to God? Are we now trusting in the arm of the flesh and the experts rather than trusting in the Lord? Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 5 through to 8 says the following. Jeremiah 17 verse 5 through 8. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes his flesh makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man or the woman who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. That is the person whose trust is in the Lord. Remember this, your fears will ultimately empower the destroyer, but your faith in God empowers the one who blesses you, protects you, and provides for you. Now, Job said something profound just after the destroyer had his way with him and destroyed everything he had including the death of his family. Listen to what Job said after the destroyer destroyed almost every, everything except his own life. He said in Job 3.25, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. Did you hear that? Job 325. 
for the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. You see, Job lived in fear and dread every single day of his life before these calamities came upon him. And through his fears, he tore down the hedge of protection God placed around it. In fact, the devil didn't know that the hedge was down. God had to point it out to him and he said, behold, he's in your hand. Behold means look, stupid. What tore the hedge down was the fear. He dreaded, he greatly feared, and what he dreaded has come to pass in his life. Scripture says that God places a hedge of protection around those who fear him. Psalm 34 verse 7 tells us that. Look it up. Psalms 34 verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Wow. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Every time, wherever you go, you have divine protection. The angel of the Lord goes with you. And what does he do? He guards you. He protects you. Lest you dash your foot against the stone from every evil. And many times throughout the years that I have traveled on the roads in the plain, I have sensed the presence of angelic presence over my life, over my wife's life. Many times I've not seen them, but I've sensed their presence. And he is with you wherever you go. You see, we need to understand that God does not tear down the hedge of protection, but we do. We can tear it down. How do we do that? We do it through fear. Fearful words and actions is one of the primary ways we do so. Look it up in James chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. We don't have time to go there. But the word says that just like we put bits in the horse's mouth, and we turn the whole body around, even the tongue is a world of fire that sets on fire the course of nature. Your words, the words that you speak, carry either the power of faith or the force of fear. And one of the ways we, we tear down that hedge is by speaking fearful words or acting in the spirit of fear. Another way we do tear down the hedge is when we walk away from God in disobedience, we give our adversaries a cause or an opening to our life to steal from us, to kill and to destroy. That is why Paul says to the Ephesians, give no place to the devil. Don't give him any place. Shut the door. Don't allow him in. So, in closing, this morning, let us adhere to the admonition 
that the apostle Peter gives us from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Listen to what he says. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. It doesn't say that he will destroy everyone. He says whom he may devour. You can stand up in faith and say, no, you may not devour me. You cannot touch me. I am bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. This body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Lord dwells in this temple. I am the Lord's bone of his bone, flesh of his, of his flesh. No trespass. You cannot touch me. I am the Lord's and purchased through the blood of Jesus. That's faith speaking. That's standing up and resisting him in the faith. I want us to pray, and I want to pray a prayer for all of us. And you're welcome to pray as you hear these words. You can turn your microphone afterwards and have a session of prayer as well, thanking God for his word, thanking God for his protection, thanking God for his precious promises that he's given us, thanking God for our redemption from all evil. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for Jesus who purchased through his blood our redemption. Thank you, Lord. And declare this morning that we stand fast in the liberty yes. by which Christ has made us free. And we do not entangle ourselves again with the yoke of fear and bondage. We ask in Jesus' name that you give us a sober mind one that is vigilant against our adversaries and teach us how to fight the good fight of faith in resisting these adversaries by being steadfast in our faith. Amen and amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.